Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kaderna Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kaderna. So happy Super Bowl week. It would only be fitting if this month our special guest was none other than a former NFL star. I'd like to welcome Jordan Babinaw. Jordan played for nearly a decade in the NFL, mostly with the Seattle Seahawks and recently with the Tennessee Titans, before he became a sports broadcaster, currently serving as the voice of the Seahawks on television and radio. Since his NFL career, he's gone on to become an entrepreneur and a business executive, partnering with major brands such as the NFL, Toyota, Coca-Cola, and more. His brother Jonathan played for the Atlanta Falcons, and since their careers on the gridiron, together they've created several comedy specials and even a movie called Women Thou Art Loosed. They've also created the Babinaw Foundation, which helps their hometown of Port Arthur, Texas, and contributes to lupus research. Most recently, Jordan's wrote a new book called Pivot to Win, which we'll talk quite a bit about. It's about how to transition through the various phases of life, always moving closer to your definition of success, and what we talk a lot about on the show here of wealth in its original meaning, a state of well-being. So you can check that out at pivottowin.com. Currently, Jordan lives in Seattle with his wife and three kids. Now, I'm sure many of my loyal listeners are saying, what are you having on the show, one of the biggest cowboy killers of all time. Uh, you, we'll get into that. You'll know him from some uh, major plays that he made, often in prime time in the playoffs against the Dallas Cowboys. But even I can see past that for a lot of the great advice and tips that Jordan shares with us on this episode. And also, quick footnote, again, I'm recording here in Jersey on the East Coast. Jordan's over in Seattle on the West Coast. We're in the middle of a nor'easter here, so the internet did get a little bit choppy on my side. So please stay tuned uh, if you hear us cut out for a quick moment or two, because there's a lot of actionable advice that you are not going to want to miss. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Jordan Babinaw. Is going to require work and time and sweat and toil. If money wasn't an issue, what would I be doing? Don't worry about it. You'll figure it out. Change the only constant. The Kadena Podcast. Jordan, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to uh, spending some time with you and getting to know your podcast audience. And uh, hopefully they, sure. we can spend some good time together and, and they can take, have some great takeaways from, from our discussion today. So, uh, Yeah, you bet. Yeah, it seems like you've had quite a bit going on. Um, so I'm sure we're going to have lots to talk about today. But what do you got? You're a football guy. I mean, what do you got planned this week for the big game? <laughs> well, I'll be uh, like I was, uh, you know, uh, partying through uh, a Zoom uh, in, in, in terms of, um, you know, having that whole football experience. But, uh, you know, just laying low, I'll be watching the game. Uh, I won't give my my pick just yet. I won't reveal it just yet. But uh, if you want to know, I'll share that too. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, talk about two of the best quarterbacks going at it. I think this is definitely going to be a fun one. Well, I, I think it's going to be a, a fire to uh, high-powered quarterbacks, as you just mentioned. And you got uh, a great that's exiting this young superstar that's taking over. That should be great. Definitely. It's funny. I just got that book, uh, TB12 Method, and that was like kind of my New Year's resolution was to try and – start actually watching a little bit of what I eat. You know, I've always been on the workout side, but 
it's crazy. I mean, he is so disciplined and on point with like every little thing that goes in his body. Um, you could understand, you know, how he's doing so well. You know, watching someone like Tom Brady from afar, um, I get to watch someone like Russell Wilson. I was a personal and um, you, you talk about a, a machine uh, in terms of high level of success mindset, uh, the ability to uh, envision success and then go out and do it. These guys are great at what they do. Did you ever meet Tom Brady? Did you ever play against him? Yeah, I played against Brady, um, but um, so I guess that was our only chance to meet. But nothing, nothing personal. Just more through uh, you know the competitive nature of, of the sport. Gotcha. And you know what, Jordan? I gotta clear the air just for full disclosure. Uh, today, you're talking to a diehard Cowboys fan. And you, you killed us back in the day, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't forget I that. There's a little it's... love and hate coming through this phone right call right now. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, what was that like? Because you had the big interception, I remember, way back against Bledsoe. I think that was in 2005. And then most famously, for anyone else out there that doesn't remember this, and my fellow Cowboys fans, I'm sure do, Jordan, you had that tackle on Tony Romo that will haunt us forever uh you know where we could have gotten into the playoffs and just kept on moving what was that like can you can you take us through maybe just that one play for a little nostalgia yeah oh, oh man it was it was a wild card playoff game here in Seattle against the Cowboys and uh, one of those back and forth games you know very close as um you imagine play only comes down to one possession or very few plays that ends up being the difference in the ball game and uh, Dallas was uh, lining up to, for the go-ahead field goal, and um, I am on the left side of the defense, uh, and my, you know, uh, responsibility was just, I'm the scoop and score guy that was coming from the other side, and, you know, if, if we're successful and we block it, then I'm the scoop and score guy. You know, I, 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 come, I came up field, and, uh, and it was kind of one of those, those oh shit moments, you know, I was like, wow, did this really just happen? Like, <laughs> And, and, and of course, that's my responsibility. So it was even, you know, even more intention that I had to and feel like I needed to ensure that, you know, we would stop them for offense. And uh, I don't know, somehow, some way, a, a desperate dive and save to, uh, you know, shoestring tackle to, to get Tony Romo before he got into the end zone, before he got the first down. Um, yeah, that's you know, right. it was one of those, one of those moments and, uh, the crowd erupted. I think it was, uh, we went on to play Chicago, I believe in the next round. But, um, again, it's kind of, it's one of those plays, Brian, where you just kind of like, wow, did that just happen? Uh, when yeah. you're in such disbelief, but it was, um, definitely a, a moment that was a highlight in my career and, uh, being from Texas always have, and have conversations with many, many, many Cowboys fans. So, <laughs> I bet. I bet. Yeah, that was that was something. And it's funny when you watch some of those replays. And I think it was uh, Grammatica, I think, was the kicker at the time for the Cowboys. Yeah. Yep. 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 And you watch that replay yep. and it's like, man, if he just it, it just even got in your way or something, instead of just that that little kind of nudge that he gave you, who knows, maybe for us Cowboys fans, things could have been different. <laughs> well, I'd say Tony Romo went on to have a great career. I mean, yeah, get him now. He's yeah. just broadcasting and, and doing well uh, in the booth. So, yeah, he definitely is, and, and that might be kind of a good segue to you know what you're doing. Obviously, you're broadcasting now, amongst many other things, um, and maybe that'd be kind of a good launch pad. Is 
when you were about to leave the NFL, I mean, did you want to leave at that point? Were there other goals you were aspiring to or kind of was it just your time? Like how, how did a bit of that transition transpire for you? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, one thing about being an athlete is that uh, all athletes at some point will become former athletes. And uh, the thought behind, at least where I was um, in 2010, uh, before starting uh, one of my businesses, um, was to create a way for me to transition, pivot away from the game of football and walk into something else. Now, I didn't clearly know what that would look like or what it would, but I just knew that it would be an opportunity starting now to leverage the platform and relationships and where I was in the NFL and then move into a post-career. And as we all know, uh, the change is the only constant, you know, it's the one thing um, that we can, uh, that we can ensure, uh, but it's the growth part of it that's, that's, that I see and many people um, just normally um, have challenges with. Um, and certainly uh, in, in the book, Pivot to Win, it's, it's more so like, like, how do you react to change? You know, it's one thing to plan for, to plan for a pivot, but um, those pivots sometimes can be unplanned. Before retiring, um, all players at some point feel, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to be doing this for quite some time. Um, and it never, it never ends the way you want. Like I certainly was going back for year 10. I was training in Los Angeles for the last several years. And where I was the last four years of my career, I started reworking on podcast journalism while attending Southern Arkansas. And, um, and I knew that would be a path for me after football. How long I would play football, I didn't know. And so I started that path of myself up for life after football by reaching out to local radio stations, going on air once a week and, you know, re-honing and resetting those skills. And um, I think it was, uh, you know, really just focusing on what was ahead because uh, whatever we focus on, it gets our attention, you know? So, sure. um, so, so, I, so I just spent time uh, nurturing some of those relationships while still, you know, re-honing in on some of the skills that I needed to to help set myself up for that pivot life after football. That's awesome. So it was mostly like local stations, radio shows that you were just kind of uh, retooling yourself from, from because you studied in, in college, you know, journalism, right? Communications. Yeah. And, and see, I mean, well, times are different now. I mean, we're talking, my last season was, uh, wow, it was 2021. It's almost been a decade uh, my last season was 2012 uh, with the Tennessee Titans. And, um, you know, I really wanted to, to, to move in, into a space where, one, I knew uh, that, I, that that would feel natural to me. A lot of people would, would, would share with me just my personality and my ability to hold conversations with people and, uh, you know, make people feel welcome and a part of, a part of whatever it was. You know, I, I'm, I'm big on inclusiveness. I'm, I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, allowing space and time for people to uh, share their words and, and give their thoughts and kind of creating an, uh, a floor for the people to have a voice. Um, broadcasting was just another way to do that. And, um, you know, so I, so I took it and ran. I was like, wow, this is, this is a lot easier than what my initial major was when I went to college, which was computer science. 
right? There's a, there's, there's a, there's a story behind that as well. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, uh, but, but yeah, that, that, so that was, that was the gist of it. I mean, um, you know, I was just looking for, you know, potential to grow, uh, potential to expand uh, and achieve different, different results, uh, different levels of success, life after football. That's cool. And now one of the things we talk a lot about on, on the show and that many of our guests have credited is their ability to network that no matter where you're going, you're always kind of networking to some extent. Can you share a little bit maybe of, of how you were networking from the NFL now to getting kind of behind the microphone? Um, were these relationships you'd had or did you have to actually go out and search for them? Yeah, that's great. Great question. I mean, it's a little bit of both, um, you know, certainly with anything that you want in life, have to work towards it and um i think just working towards it uh you know sometimes can can lead to uh, dead ends right if if we're not intentional about it um you know i, I talk about uh in the book pivot to win uh, a lot of the stories of just visualization or dealing with our current circumstances as many of us are dealing with this you know today um but having a desire to to grow or to become certain uh, you know more of what we envision of ourselves and creating a life that we want to live. Um, one of the things I, I like to listen to is Earl Nightingale's audio recording. Of, uh, and he, he shares quite a bit um, in, in his recording, uh, but, but, but more than anything, talks about, uh, you know, we become what we think about, right? So we, we, we have this, um, you know, this, this, this status of where we are, but this desire to be something more. And then what's standing in a way not, not only is this time uh, in most cases, but it's also uh, distractions and, and dead ends. And success is not a, a linear line, you know? I mean, there's, there's successes and there's failures and there's lessons uh, and takeaways that we have to learn. And I think, uh, you know, more than anything about uh, not just working hard, but being intentional about uh, what it is that you want. Um, what we think we become, what we feel we attract, what we imagine we create. Uh, and the goal is to feel it in advance, right? To, to put yourself in position before you're actually uh, that person that you envision. It's, it's really just like start becoming that person today, you know? And, uh, sure. and sometimes it's, it's, it's easier said than done because most people don't have a, a real practice of what that looks like. But I think that more than anything, it's also an understanding uh, as well. And, um, you know, really uh, understanding the self a little bit better, uh, the triggers that, that, the triggers that sets us off from, you know, acting or behaving a certain way and understanding that, uh, uh, you know, moving to deploy some of those, uh, those tactics and those different types of, um, you know, ways of dealing with uh, certain things in a positive manner um, that'll help us achieve those goals. Okay. And it was funny, as you were just saying that it reminded me of, kind of a memory I had from one of my first jobs. I was a waiter at a retirement home. And I remember there was a whole buffet line and I was bringing back, you know, all the different plates and, and dishes and everything that they had along the buffet line. And they had a cart in the back. And so one of the older guys, he runs out and he's like, Brian, just use this cart. What are you doing? And I don't know why it stuck with me, but he said, Brian, you know what? You work really hard, but you need to start learning how to work smart. And that kind of, it worried me because I was like, you know what? That's, that's true. Like, I think, Anybody can just dig deep and, and work a little bit harder, but now to work smarter, you have to really start thinking, you know, how do I get that edge or, or am I doing the right thing every day that I wake up? 
so when you visualize, like you were saying, is that something that you commit to paper? Do you write that down or what's some of that process look like on a daily basis for you? Well, um, you know, I, I love that, Brian, is it's uh, work smarter, not harder, right? And, and a lot of those lessons as a, as a young pup, you know, like yourself or at that time, and, or even like myself, I mean, look, I used to think working hard was the, was the way to success. And, you know, and, and I'm not saying that you can't work, you know, you shouldn't work hard to achieve what you want. I mean, absolutely. But, but it's, again, it's, it's about being intentional, right? And uh, we each know people who, who work hard and, and achieve very little. I know because yeah. I was that I was that guy. It's like, well, I, it's not the work ethic. I, I know I'm working hard. I know I'm working hard, but for some reason, I feel like I'm still coming up short of you know what I desire and what I want to do and what I want to become. Um, a lot of those stories I share in the book in the book as well. And um, you know, but for me, it's um, it's that visualization part. You know, uh, you know, start with an end in mind. Um, you know, the measurement of uh, you know, who we become in the process uh, of achieving what we want will far exceed the reward of the achievement. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's the journey that you have to be in love with. It's, it's, it's not sexy. It's not, <laughs> I'll tell you, yeah. you know, I mean, it could, it could be mundane. It could, it could be routine. It could be, um, you know, uh, very disciplined uh, in that regard. But, um, you know, it's, it's really about the journey that makes it all worth it. Um, so daily, and sometimes, um, what, what, what daily, I, I write things out now. I mean, I've, I've gotten to the point where I need to outline how I'm spending my time. And, you know, um, from this, this connection of where we are now to the future uh, is really this idea of what's possible. So one of the things I do, and, and maybe, maybe helpful for your listeners too, is remember uh, vision boards? Sure. I mean, I mean, that's still a thing, right? I mean, people still do yeah. that, right? Oh, I did well, that I'm, as an intern. I remember <laughs> my first job, that's what we had to do. But listen, I'm, I'm one of those guys, you know what I mean? Like I'll look, and I'm not a collector of magazines. I don't know, somehow, you know, someone will solicit me magazine and then, you know, you feel like there's some, some little obligation to, to purchase the magazines. Well, I use those magazines oftentimes just to scan through pictures of what's, you know, different cultures across the world and, um, you know, people or uh, just little snapshots of things that I desire or want or want to experience or want to eat or any of that. And I, and I create vision boards like, like I have. And, um, you know, I haven't, like, I, I let it mature over time. It's not like, oh, I sit down for, for eight hours and cut out <laughs> and, 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 and cut out, you know, magazine clippings and pictures like that. But yeah. over time. Over, over, over the course of time, you're like, wow, I, I, you know, I, I really want that. You know, wow, I, I want to see what it's like to, to eat food in, in, in this part of the world. Or wow, I want to you know, go, experience, um, go experience something uh, in another culture. And you know, all of those things are attractive, right? In, in the sense that um, you can attract those things to your life. And I, I firmly believe that. And I don't think enough people um, really utilize that simple exercise uh, of Kind of removing where they are, but having this foresight and this vision of what where they want to be, and using imagery to get them there, it's very powerful. That's interesting. And now, when you were in the NFL, did, were you kind of about this whole exercise with with the vision board, or 
were you just kind of like a one trick pony saying, Hey, I'm here to play ball. This is what I need to focus on. I can't let my mind wander elsewhere or, or did it naturally? Did you start to kind of think, Hey, I want to write a book someday. Like what was going through your mind, you know, at that point in life? Um, you know, Brian, you know, when, when I was coming out of college, I, so I played division two football at Southern Arkansas and, you know, going to the NFL was, a, I mean, it was a shot in the dark. I mean, I probably had a better chance to win a lotto. <laughs> um, and uh, statistically, that's, that's actually accurate. <laughs> you know, a person has a better chance to win a lottery than I do uh, playing in the NFL. And I believe it. You know, you can, you, yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's true. I'll, I'll break it down for you here in just a second. But I, I always felt like, um, I always felt like there was more, like there was a bigger overarching uh, vision of my life. Um, but at 20, at, you know, when I first came into the NFL, I was 20 years old. I had no damn clue, <laughs> you know, but, but, but in my own mind and in my own world and in my own skin, I was, I was confident that I had it all figured out, you know? Um, and, and not that I wasn't, you know, I was, you know, res- you know, resistant to help or resistant to asking for help, but I had the, you know, I can do it all mentality. You know, I can, I can figure it out, you know, um, here I am, this alpha male, and, you know, at my peak, peak level in terms of uh, conditioning and, way I'm feeling and, and my body uh, and you know going into this this uh, this arena this gladiator arena of the NFL where you know you're praised for that you know what I mean it's it, you're not praised for being a person who uh, you know has uh, you know high awareness of their emotion <laughs> you know it's just it's just this is completely opposite you know I mean it's like toughness it's dread it's um you know, it's uh, it's very violent. You know, in, in a sense, um, and and it kind of shies away from the human side of us as players because we put this you know this great macho suit on of uh, of of you know, resembling just that right intimidation. Um, you know, competition at its highest at its highest level, um, but at the core, at the core, um, I wasn't addressing Jordan. I wasn't taking care of me, not in that sense, not in the human sense, but in every other aspect, in every other drive, in every other way, completely successful. What I didn't know, Brian, and learned this after, uh, you know, my time away from football within the last decade, uh, I wasn't I wasn't dealing with, you know, a lot of the things that I've masked as a child uh, through my early adulthood and adolescence, and then. Um, and then it came back to me full circle um, when I did take the time to explore those emotions, uh, those vulnerabilities, uh, those different aspects in my childhood that I masked, didn't deal with properly, those feelings, uh, losses, uh, death, all of these things, I looked at completely different once I left the NFL. But while I was there, no, man, you couldn't have, you you have told me that, man. I, was, um, I, I had it all figured out. I'll share this one quote with you by Muhammad Ali. He says, the man who views the world at 50, the same as he did at 20, has wasted 30 years of his life. And, you know, that's that's a lot of, you know, those discoveries that I share in the book, Pivot to Win. And um, you know, I, I can't wait for, you know, for, for people to get, get their hands on a copy because I truly believe um, that it's something that will help other people navigate change better in looking at my success and failures and learning from. 
Sure. Now, when so you're in the NFL for like about 10 years, did it feel like you just kind of buried your head in the sand and just went to work? And then all of a sudden, one day when you were done, you lifted up and, and just kind of saw the world for the first time, like anew? Or, you know, how did that happen? How did you address some of those emotions that you said were kind of hidden, you know, while you were pursuing this career in football? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, um, I, I, I wasn't, I, I don't feel like I buried my head, my head in the sand. Um, you know, I just think that my level of awareness and my level of maturity for that matter was different at that age, you know, at, sure. you know, at, at, at 20, you know, you know, just coming into, just coming into money, um, you know, my likeness and the things that I thought were, were important were very different than what I think is important now. I'm married now with kids, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, coming in at, at, at 20, I, you know, uh, uh, you know, essentially a, a bachelor, I was, I was single and, um, you know, everything was accessible, you know, you name it, women, money, drugs, um, clothes, uh, trips, vacations, first class meals, chefs, you name it. Right. And I think that in looking at that, from understanding that, that 20 year old person that I once was, um, you know, my, I, I, now I'll share this with you. I say that, but I'll share it with you. I never took it for granted because, because of where I come from. Right. And, and I, I came into the NFL as an undrafted free agent. I had to work for everything. Again, I played division two football. There wasn't a chance, like there wasn't a chance for Jordan to play in the NFL. Right. And so it was about challenging myself. Right. And it's about, about challenging yourself, challenging ourselves uh, in our own way. And, um, you know, but, but, it, but it was also about, about growth, right? So, um, you know, while I was, you know, interested in, in, in looking at creating the life that I wanted or um, setting myself up for life after football or envisioning what uh, the future Jordan would look, would look like, um, there were certainly a lot of obstacles that I had to face. And yeah. uh, in addition to those, yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, if I could interrupt Jordan, because I know pivot to win is a lot about transition. And it sounds like we'll talk quite a bit about that transition from football to business. But if we could take a step back and like you were just mentioning, you know, you were 20 years old, came into this world where you pretty much had whatever you wanted at your fingertips for that first real transition. I, I mean, I don't know how you grew up, but did you feel prepared? Did you have mentors in place? Was there any structure? Was were you ready for it or was it just truly like a baptism by fire when you came into that life and that money and that celebrity? <laughs> ready for it. Of course I was ready for it. I prepared for this my whole life. <laughs> um, phys physically, uh, you know, physically, certainly. Um, but, but, but here we are, your listeners, you, you know, want wealth. They want wealth, not just in money. They want wealth in, in lifestyle. They want wealth in health. They want wealth Correct. in, in in, in, in helping up in impact. I want wealth in helping other people. Um, I want wealth in my relationships. And, um, but, but, but that was a challenge. So uh, let, let me give you a quick backstory. So um, I was raised in Texas. My father passed at an early age. I was eight years old. It was my mom who raised uh, you know, five kids, uh, three brothers, one sister, uh, all five kids. Uh, we all graduated high school. We all graduated college. And additional to, you know, in addition to me, my brother, um, closest to me, uh, played 12 years in the NFL as well. So, um, so we grew up in economic wars. We grew up 
um, you know, challenged with making ends meet. We grew up um, on government support. We grew up, uh, we grew up in a church. We had, we had great faith. Uh, we, we grew up always competing. My brother and I would compete at anything. <laughs> you know, who can throw a rock at the stop sign? Who can throw a, uh, you know, a, a football into a trash can from 20 yards away? One-on-one yeah. basketball, a race around the block. You name it, man. We would. But what I didn't know is that I was creating this uber level of competition that I would soon step into and prepare prepare me to become a professional football player. Now, in terms of the outside portion of it, right? So now, what about the human element of it, right? So the support system, uh, understanding money, um, understanding relationships, um, you know, uh, facing the uncertainty of job security, you know, the acumen of, of, of understanding money. Um, I would I would walk into you know luxury stores and 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 over, you know when um, now you know here I am uh, a few years away from forty. Uh, completely different now it's like okay well let's look at this rental property over here maybe i can help a family get their first home you see how different that is right i mean that's and to me that's that that's but it's powerful too you know um it's not just about hey let me get this rental home and see if i can become rich in 20 years no help this family get their first home you know and um well um i, I just had a moment there right and just just Nearly brings a tear to my eye, you know, to be able to say that, you know, but but yeah. there's a complete shift and a pivot away from what money was to me then at 20 and what money is to me now. And that's a beautiful thing. I think that, I mean, that is truly living out the quote that you just shared by Muhammad Ali of, you know, changing your outlook uh, on what's important to you as life goes on. So uh, very cool. And kudos to you and to your mom with, with five kids, all graduating college. That is something else. That's awesome. And so kind of along this conversation, you mentioned in Pivot to Win that it's important to find people who will hold you accountable. And, and I would agree with that, definitely. Uh, you know, it, it can be a little bit scary sometimes to share your goals and kind of air it out to the world and then say, oh my gosh, I got to live up to this now. Who, who do you seek out to hold you accountable? And uh, c- can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um... You know, one of the things, uh, Brian, that, that you hear people say quite often and, and, and it's proven, well, you got one person who, who has this personal desire to achieve something great, uh, but keeps it to themselves. And you have another person who achieves, you know, has this personal desire to do something great, but shares it with the world or shares it with a friend, right? And, and, and over time, you know, got this person who's accountable to themselves, but but they've always, you know, kind of, you know, mismanaged themselves in, in a way. And, and I'm saying this, this is always the case, but just, just kind of for purposes of understanding uh, this level of, of accountability um, is that, you know, I don't, I don't have to answer to anyone. I, I have to answer to myself, right? So if I achieve it or if I don't achieve it, you know, no one knows, you know, it's not like it's a big deal. But if I share what I'm after, right? Now I'm on the hook to become what I said I wanted to do, <laughs> right? And so you know, it just—I I think there's a just a, a different dynamic of power that I think we tend to um, run away from without the understanding of what it can actually do for us when we involve people in the things that we want. And you know, it goes back to you know this 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 young Jordan Babino at the age of 20 who thought that he could do it all by himself. 
but now becoming a business owner, I also real, realized that business is a team sport as well, right? And, and even in the beginning of my business, I, businesses, I thought that I, you know, oh, I could do it myself or I, I could figure it out. Well, eventually I became the bottleneck of the success of the company. <laughs> it's like, whoa, you got to realize you only have a certain capacity. Right. And at some point, you got to share what it is that you desire to achieve with someone who uh, has that same level of, of passion and desire for you to win as well. And I'm saying, <laughs> Brian, don't go out and share all of your goals with everyone. <laughs> you know, they're they're, they're going to start rooting against you, man. Um, yeah. But, but what, I, what, what, what I am saying is that even where we are today, we can share um, what it is that we want to become. Uh, we can share our business plan. Uh, we can share our life, personal life strategies with other people who can help us achieve that. And that's important. You know, it, it's important to the fact that the person who shares that is more likely to achieve those goals than the person who decides to keep them, keep them to himself. So, um, you know, I, 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 like to, I like to create an accountability group um, uh, to, you know, to help me. Yeah, I think it's important too. I mean, as iron sharpens iron, you know, I mean, we, we need one another. Um, it's, it's a reason that, um, you know, solitary can be a terrible punishment that a person can, can experience because like we're away from people. Yeah. And then yeah. here we are, here we are today, um, you know, going through the, the, the global pandemic and there are people who are suffering through this. Mm -hmm. And then there's also people who are thriving. So, um, Again, I just think it's important because every, everyone's different. Um, yeah. but, 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 but the matter of it is just, number one, understanding that. You know, and it starts by understanding yourself. Um, yeah. And, you know, when, when we're at that level of, you know, uh, that, that level of awareness, um, we can use it to our advantage. Sure. Yeah, and I, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. And, you know, not to sidebar too much, but I was just on Fox and Friends last week. Uh, with my wife and my daughter talking about that, that idea you just mentioned of solitary confinement, you know, maybe that's not the right word for the situation, but all of our youth today that they're, they're kind of having that experience where they're, they're not in school, you know, they're, they're not playing the sports, they're not having the interactions that they're used to. And it's frightening to think about as time goes on, uh, some of the effects, some of the lasting effects that this could have on youth who, who aren't maybe ready for that. Um, so it, it's true, you know, we're, we're creatures that need to be with one another and, and communicating with one another. Um, and so it, and I know that was a little a digress, but, uh, you, you have accountability partners in our world as financial advisors. We have study groups, um, that, and that's something that's very common in this industry. I have a study group with other advisors around the country, uh, that come together and share what's working, what's not working. What are the goals for this year? Who, who are your accountability partners? Who's on your team? Yeah. So, um, you know, one, I, I like to, I like to um, challenge myself in ways where identifying people who, you know, in, in whatever case, it could be, um, well, this person is strong in their community efforts. They, they do well in giving back and helping other people. This person is a great father. This person is a great husband. And in looking at all of the different characteristics or the different personalities that we possess as people, it's finding other individuals 
who are where you would want to be. Not saying that anyone else is perfect. I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just saying uh, something to reach for, mm-hmm. you know, something, something to, to, to be ambitious and go after. Um, you know, I tend to focus on leadership, you know, and look, you don't have to be, you don't have to run a company or have to be an elected official to lead, to lead. You know, we all have opportunities to lead every single day. Um, you know, whether we're a parent, uh, a spouse, or where we are in our work, but but it's about finding a leadership style that you admire, or you know whatever it is that you desire to be, finding that in someone that you admire, and in resembling that. Uh, I share those stories of the end of book paper to win as well, and but it, I, I think it also uh, boils down to, and a main ingredient in that is commitment. Right? It's it's committing to the person that you say you want to be, right? And not not just for a day. <laughs> not, and here we are. I mean, we're a month into or a month and a day into the new year, and many people started the new year with New Year's resolutions. And I wonder how many of them have lapsed on their resolutions because, <laughs> yeah, while it was exciting in the beginning that I wanted to be this certain person, or I wanted my body to look a certain way, or I wanted to save this amount of money. We all know that distractions happen and distractions is the one thing that keeps us from achieving what it is that we want. It's those who are able to manage those distractions better are the ones who actually can reach that desire and goal. So, um, you know, sometimes, sometimes, Brian, I think the other part um, is actually getting clarity around what it is that we want, you know, asking for what we want. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I guess you can look at it as a, as a two-part process, uh, you know, trusting the process, right? I mean, look, I've used failure as a stepping stone to reach new levels. Um, I've had several, I've had setbacks, you know, I've overcome those obstacles, um, but each obstacle that you know, we overcome as people is another, um, another good mark into helping build resilience and persevering through tough times. Because you get through one tough time today, there'll be another tough moment that you're gonna be facing here shortly. But when we look back at those times when we were faced with those tough situations, when we were faced with those situations of, of uncertainty and we overcame them anyway, we build that resilience and over time facing those challenges, they don't become easier, but they become easier to manage. And um, I think That's part of uh, part of the growth uh, in, um, in where we are as people is recognizing that we've already overcome several things, <laughs> you know, in, in our lives. And, you know, every mm-hmm. person is different. Brian, you've overcome things in your life. I've overcome things in my life. But we're each going to face another adversity here at some point in the future. But if we look back and tap into this this person that we once were when we did overcome it, we'll see that we've already achieved it. So, you know, self-doubt is 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 one of the things that can handicap someone's uh, growth. It's like, yep. wow, well, I got this imposter syndrome that I think I can do it, but I'm not sure. You know, how did I get in this room? I don't know if I could manage this title. Well, who is this person? I don't know if I can, and we start playing these, these, these games, these mental games in our head, these gym, you know, these mental games in our head where it's like, wait, stop for a moment. Take a deep breath. It's okay. Yeah. We've yeah, already, kind of over, overwhelmed we've already called it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. psych yourself out. 
And so a couple of questions I want to have on that. The, the first one, if we could stick with the accountability partners, because I know in the business world, that's something that's su such a popular topic. I talk a lot about that. For you in particular, do you have, uh, is this a, a group text message that every day you check in with your guys? Hey, how you doing with this, this and that? Is a, a formal once a month meeting that you guys all go out to get dinner? And what are, what's some of the structure that you've implemented um, you know, with you and your peers to stay accountable. I, um, so I'm, I'm about six months from achieving, uh, the completion of my MBA program. And nice. thank you. Thank you. Well, <laughs> well, it seems like this is when it, you know, it gets the, the toughest, right. It's right before the, right before the end. It's like, well, I'm almost there, but it's real tough. And yeah, that's, that's usually <laughs> in, in, in everything. And I was like, Oh, well, I can see the finish. I can even see the light through the tunnel a little bit, but but this moment that I'm in is really, really tough, right? That's when you really got to bear down and, and kind of dig your heels into the ground. Yeah. But I share that. But I share that to say, um, when I started this program, this was also this, this, I mean, you know, a few years later, post football, where I actually began to um, to really dive into this, this sense of being vulnerable and really answering those questions around what I shared earlier that I masked or that I um, neglected and, and dealing with those childhood traumas and dealing with um, you know, the, the, my, my emotions and dealing with um, you know, understanding and getting a better grip on, on me, on my mental side. Like mental health is a big thing that I, that I believe you know, really now it's, in, it's, I mean, there's a lot of conversation around, a lot of studies and a lot of people that are moving yeah. into that space. But, but Brian, I tell you, um, you know, going through a change or going through a pivot, you know, the mental part of that strain uh, can be defeating. Here's what I mean. When, when I decided to, that I wanted to write this book, it was like, well, one, um, I was trying to identify the things that I wanted to say, the things that I wanted to share, right? And, and what that will look like. But, but internally, um, but I, I knew within, within that there was more things that I needed to personally address. And when I started this, this, this is how it all connects. When I started this MBA program, of Seattle University is where I'm at. And, and going through this MBA program, the first few months of the program, we were forced to focus on the inner self, did a lot of self-reflection, did a lot of mindfulness practices of understanding the things that made me feel the way I did. That's important, Brian, because if you don't understand the way you feel about certain things, how can you ever change it? So mm -hmm. it, those triggers of um, one, how I, how I felt or how I, you know, my thoughts around money, <laughs> my thoughts around relationships, my thoughts around, um, other things that, that I was dealing with at the time, uh, I had to address, and it was it was it was it was so moving that it brought tears to my eyes. It was also so moving that I decided to write a fifty three thousand word book. <laughs> but uh, but 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 change, you know, change is one of those things where when we when we when we're going through a pivot, we we can tend to lose or uh, a sense of ourselves, right? So. One, here's, a, here's a big pivot for you. Um, from employee to business owner to entrepreneur or uh, 
moving locations. I'm gonna uproot and change jobs into a new city. Um, or like many uh, athletes face every year, now having to pivot away from sports, not just football, any sport, right? Because there's a, there's a certain level of identity that we walk with in our sport. But when we leave that, or we leave a relationship, when we leave that, um, it's like, wow, I don't have that no more, so where am I getting my fulfillment? And um, this, 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 I share um, what, I, what I've identified as the pivot model, and certainly there is a lot of change models out there that help people understand where they are in their change, but it's also helping us or you as an individual understand how to navigate through that. How do I deal with the uncertainty of where I am in ground zero, which is one of the steps in the pivot model? Um, how do I deal with that? Right? And it's, it's reestablishing who I am, understanding my core self or the values. And if you're a business owner or if you own a, uh, in, a, in a company, it's, you know, what, what is our base for serving our customers? I mean, everyone has had to pivot through this pandemic. Everyone has had to pivot, both personally and professionally, through this pandemic. And you see a lot of businesses are having to answer the question, well, is it time to close the door for good? And, and understand, or, or can we pivot successfully? Do we have a strong enough customer base to pivot successfully now and still be sustainable? And those are the questions that we all have to answer, we've been faced with. But I think when we understand that better, and we work through this pivoting process, it's transformative. We're living in our purpose. We're meeting customer demand. We're, we're not you know, having to strain uh, in, in dealing with everyday life. It's now become who we are. So, so change, change is important um, and, and change can, can be uh, a challenging thing. Um, and accountability, accountability group is one of, those, uh, one of those things that I, or tools or one of those of strategies that we can all use to help us navigate change better. Yeah, and it's so true. I mean, you got to keep up with the times. And I think there's nothing uh, more sad than, than seeing a company that's been around a long time that, you know, maybe the community or somebody relied on and, and you always knew we're able to identify that company. And then, you know, in today's day and age with technology and the way things are going, they don't change and they unfortunately just go by the wayside. And I think you see that so often with family businesses going from one generation to the next, that if you don't accept that change, you go by the way of the dinosaur. So uh, there's so many good principles you've already outlined in this book. And one of the things I wanted to ask you about is you, you shared that, you know, looking into mindfulness during your MBA program was very helpful to you. Do you meditate? I do, but I but I just started to increase my practice, and and I and I share this with people who've never tried it or experienced it, or who you know may not have a strong belief that it's actually uh, transformative. Um, I like to just 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 start with a simple start with something small, like go small, like I mean like like one minute a day, <laughs> and then you know get get to five minutes a day. Like I'm not kidding, like. Um, Brian, it's just hard for people to just sit still. I mean, we have it so is. many. It really is. <laughs> we have so many competing interests and so many things, you know, distractions and text messages, and emails and social media likes and and and, and unlikes that's that's grabbing our attention, and we, we we tend to pay more attention to the noise when when all of that in itself is really a sense of uh, practicing stillness, and it's where I want. I mean, it's it's. It, 
life just became so noisy for me that I just had to get centered and I had to get aligned. Um, again, I think that's also one of the powerful things too, but, you, I, but, but go small. I can just, just try sitting still for 60 seconds and then grow it into five minutes. Um, yeah. So that's, so that's one of the things that I've been doing too, but, but I'm, I'm small. Like you know, I don't meditate. No, I meditate after a workout or, or after, after reading or after playing or, um, you know, after some spiritual practice and then, um, and then meditate on it for, for 10 minutes. I just, and I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Brian, I, I, I share this. I hope you listen, <laughs> hope your listeners are challenged to go out and achieve it. Um, that it, it, it can truly, truly change your life in a positive way. I, you know, I've heard it so many times, just like you said, me personally, it's something that I haven't, uh, added to my daily routine, but, it's something I've heard so much that it, it can be a game changer. So uh, I will try and start carving out that time and, and make a concerted effort, you know, to, to find some meditation time. Well, and I think it's, um, well, you, you just mentioned routine, right? And, you know, being a professional athlete, one of the things that, that we had to develop, you know, was a routine. And um, I think it's important too, in a sports element, for sure, right? I mean, you talk about routine, um, you know, routine, routine simply is just a process of, of doing things that can help influence the result. It doesn't mean that you, you know, automatically successfully win or you, um, you know, automatically have success, but, but, it, but it does give you a sense of control. And here's an example, a basketball player <laughs> sitting at the free throw line, right? Two dribbles, a throw, a little ball, shoot, right? A golfer, you know, a, a pre-shot routine. You know any of those things? Well, in football, when I had to, I had to understand what a routine was, right? It's like I always heard this one saying as a, as a as a as a young pup in the NFL is, uh, you know, what, you know, what's what's your uh, what's your routine? Right? I mean, you know, how do you become a pro? There's some learning to be done. It's it's watching the veterans, the guys who've been doing it, you know, longer than you. And but it's not doing what they do. It's just taking a little bit from them, adding it to your game, and finding your own. But but in a sense of life, it's I, I tend to focus on the bookends of the day, how I start my day and how I end my day. Super important, most important thing. Like okay, during the day, I mean yeah, things gonna happen. I like to script my day. I can plan it. But there's also times when you know we can't you know, every hour script, you know, the, the random knock at the door or the emergency phone call. And we can, yeah. we can, we can find a way to, to mitigate some of that and, and kind of, you know, depress, you know, compress it a little bit, but those routines in the morning, how you start your day and how you end your day can, can just simply just those two alone can yeah. help increase your success and your level of vitality over the course of your life. If, I'm, if you don't want to script your whole day, I understand because some people just like freedom. But if you script your bookends, how you start your day and how you end your day, develop a stronger routine. You, you can increase your, your, your level of, uh, of, 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 um, of um, you having control in of, su of success. You can, yep. you can, you, you, you can manage, you can manage it better. And uh, sometimes it's just simply uh, shutting off those notifications or, or, or shutting <laughs> or, sh or shutting off or closing the door and uh, eliminating those distractions. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, those are really the, the two probably only parts of the day you have complete control over is, 
when you wake up, what you're doing. And then right before you, you know, your head hits the, the pillow at the end of the night. It, it's funny. I don't know if, do you follow Jocko at all? The, he's got his podcast, the former Navy SEAL. No, I don't, but I, but I, ha- but I have his book. Yeah, I have, I have his book. Um, yeah. Cause and- he, he shares a lot of similar concepts and he's famous for always posting, you know, when he wakes up at four 30 in the morning, you know, to get after it, you know, early and often and get that workout in. Um, even when you don't want to, you just, you do it. And in that same vein, I mean, what are your, uh, if you would mind sharing your bookends, how do you begin your day and how do you end your day? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, oh, that's a strategy, uh, leadership, leadership strategy tactics is the one I have. I mean, I know he has uh, several books. I have to, I have to look at my bookshelf, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, but, but Jocko is, um, I mean, I, I got a high regard for Navy SEALs and, and, and men and women of the armed forces, um, like infatuated with them um, to the sense of you know their, their level of bravery and courage. And when I was playing, um, and even even post career um, locally, I, I would I would go down and spend time with um, with with the um, with, with the military here, uh, the Joint Lewis uh, McCord base here, uh, just south of Seattle. And um, and uh, yeah, uh, those those See, there's guys, a lot uh, to, to learn from man. them. That's well. Oh. But but Navy, Navy, I mean, yeah, Navy SEALs is a whole nother level. Look, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, look, I, I kind of laugh at the fact that I, I mean, I would I'd tell my wife now, it's like, you know what? I think I could do that. <laughs> and she's like, uh, she's like, yeah. What part of your body agrees? <laughs> it's like, it like, man, my hip hurt, my, my back hurts, <laughs> neck hurts, everything hurts, man. There's no way I can go out and be a Navy SEAL, man. He's not right now. I mean, maybe 15 years ago when I was uh, crazy. But uh, but yeah um, yeah my my, my bookends uh, most of, I start the morning um, really really focus on me that's my time I'm up I'm up in the um, you know quiet I'm up early uh, usually around five o'clock or five thirty um, every every so often I do what's what's called a jump start where I get up at four o'clock and, you know just to get going um, but you know that time for me is um, mind body spirit is what I like to say. Um, and we can keep it sim- as simple as that, right? So it's reading, uh, it's working out, uh, and it's um, you know some some spiritual some spiritual level of, of, of prayer, um, and you know that's that's my morning routine every day, and that's when I also incorporated um, the meditation piece. So mm-hmm. at the end of, at the end of the workout, you know I'll, I'll get my you know my ten minutes of calm and ten minutes of centeredness uh, through my meditation practice. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I incorporate different things, different types of workouts. Certainly they've changed over time. <laughs> it's no longer lifting 250 pound bars and, and squatting 300, 315 pounds anymore. Um, I like to ride the bike. So um, you, you've all heard of uh, Peloton. Um, sure. So I'm, on, I'm on a Peloton quite a bit. So I'll do that as, as a way to switch things up. Uh, and it's not that I love it. Trust me, I'm, I'm, I'm proud. I, I don't like long distance anything, <laughs> but it's also the reason it's, it's also the reason I don't do it. You know, it's like, you know, it's, it's kind of like if you got to you got to eat the frog or you got to eat two frogs in a day, eat the biggest one. Right. Um, yep. Eat the biggest one first. I, you know, just eat that frog. You know, just it's like Jocko. I mean, that mentality of, yeah, I don't want to work out, but you should. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you I'll share this real quick and then I'll. And then I'll yeah, go ahead. I'll, I'll wrap. So, um, you know, often you know, have friends who um, who come. Uh, you know, are awestruck in my energy or, or that level of uh, continuing to, you know, to, of, of activity. And, um, 
and I say, man, you know, if I only had 15 minutes to work out, it's like, well, one, like I, I hate it when I hear people say that they don't have 10 minutes or 15 minutes to do something for themselves. Um, because at the core, I, I like to share. If every day, do something for yourself, do something for someone else, and do something for the community. And, you know, for me, whatever that is, I mean, you know, for me, for me, I, I like to, I like to, you know, take care of my body, right? And, mm-hmm. and people, would, people would say that we share, it's like, man, I just don't have the energy to work out. Um, well said, but, but if you did work out, you would have, you would have energy, <laughs> right? It's exactly. Like, they go hand in hand. I <laughs> know, so, uh, right? So it's 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 kind of this, it's just this crazy, you know, the chicken and the egg thing. That exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's so true. It's like, well, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Brian. I kind of went off script right there a little bit, but um, yeah, man, it's like, yeah, you, you absolutely should, and 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 even when you don't want to do it, you should. And um, yeah. I think that's I think that's important because you know, more than anything, we can we can do these small little things to increase our vitality, whether it's adding a, a little moment of quiet every day, uh, changing our daily interactions and, you know, having better conversations and increases, increasing our relationships, um, you know, shutting things down, turn off the distractions and then a wellness check, you know, I mean, where are you in your diet, yeah. rest and activity level? I think those things are important to uh, understand yeah. how can we increase our vitality? Yeah. And you, and you just got to start, like you said, I mean, that journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. And it's funny, you had me laughing because it's like sometimes when I'll talk with friends and I'm like, you know, let's get to the gym. You got to get up and go. And they're like, ah, I'm too out of shape. I'm like, well, that's why you got to go to the gym. So we can kind of <laughs> start, <laughs> you know, getting in the right direction here. Yeah. And that's the hardest part, right? Showing up. Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, and 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 here's a way to you know to help people too. I mean, now you know the gym is now in the basement. You know, now the office, right? If that's a you know a bike or a yoga mat and, and ten minutes of practice or whatever it is, I, I think we just have to do it. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I guess there's no other way to say it than um, I like to say do it now. <laughs> like when you don't want to do it, like you know, I just repeat that, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. Do it now, do it now, do it now, do it now, until you're actually in the act of doing it. And I mean, just simple things like that are, are, are other ways to, you know, to help get us going and help motivating us and really shifting our mindset because it's not that we don't understand that if we work out, we're going to increase our level of wellness. Yeah. But why don't we do it? So there's exactly. a, there's a, there's a big battle and conflict right there that it all plays out within our mind. Yeah. And one of the things I heard often that I always carry with me is you never feel bad about having done the workout. You right. know, you never look back like, oh man, why did I just work out for an hour? But yeah. I've never said that in my lifetime, but there's been a million times I said, ah, I should have just worked out this morning. Now I got too busy. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's true. Just, yeah. just knock it out, get it done with. But um, so what, what does that take you to just to kind of wrap that up? So if you start at five 30 in the morning, you know, mind, body, spiritual, I, I like that. Are you, are you done like at seven o'clock for breakfast or how long does that kind of uh, restart mode? How long does that take for you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, and so I like to carve out, um, you know, two or three hours, right. And breakfast is included in that. I mean, by, by that time, the house is waking up um, usually at eight o'clock. I'm, I'm in the kitchen, you know, cooking breakfast and I've shifted the routine a little bit now to come into the office a little earlier, just so I can get out of the house sooner. Um, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, I include breakfast in that. We got to replenish, uh, refuel. Uh, it's equally important. 
Um, but even if you just start your day with a glass of water, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, we went through the whole night, we slept, we wake up, our mouth is parched, we're a little dehydrated, drink a glass of water. Like, I mean, that most people would drink coffee before they have a glass of water. Well, I mean, but we want, we want wealth and health. Well, yep. Wealth and health is not starting with a, with a, with a cup of coffee. Um, mm-hmm. And I know, I know people just need that fix. I get it. I understand. But look, I tell myself, I can't have coffee until I work out or until I've had that glass of water. So whatever it is that we can do to help set ourselves up um, for that cup of coffee to be uh, a reward, then do that. And, you know, I think that's also some of the things that um, can help us to in, in just our daily work, right? Like before I check email, I gotta read 10 pages out of a book. You know what I mean? Like whatever, you know, whatever it is, you know, whatever it is, whatever that trigger is, I, I think there's something that, that we can do to us. Um, and then whatever we want to do, it'd be a reward, you know? So sure. um, yeah, so, like so yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much the morning. I got it. And then uh, at night, just kind of while we're, you know, getting the inside look at Jordan Babineau, is do you just kind of shut it <laughs> off at night or is it like repeat like more meditation more reading uh what what is that kind of like is it so routine in the evening or is it a lot you know quicker and summarized yeah so so you know the the um the, the evening routine um you know just consists of wind down one of the things that i really like to do brian is cook i like i love to cook um, i'm a texas guy um my family has their own uh spices and seasonings um, like I get joy out of, uh, I mean, that's, that's, there's, it's a thinking place for me. And, you know, some people like to run, you know I mean? But some people like to fish, um, you know, to, to find that, that level of, of, of mental balance. Um, some people like to clean, but believe it or not, you know? Um, but it's also important too. I had to realize that when I can't spend too much time cooking because, you know, I mean, I'm not getting, not getting paid to cook, right. But even though it's a, it's a, it's a joy for me. I still got to be mindful of how much time I spend doing it. Okay, so I just want to be, be clear on that too. But the evening consists of separation. So um, now it's different. <laughs> I, I, my evenings consist of homework. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing case <laughs> doing I'm doing case studies on on Ford and financials on Tesla. That you know, having to understand how um, you know how to uh, how economic value is added or, or how uh, a different company is performing it's 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 insane it's insane the amount of work that that this mba program is really allowing me to where are you doing uh, well, your no, i'm at seattle university yeah oh okay seattle cool U. cool yeah yeah so I'm, I, I live in i live on the west coast i'm in seattle um you know it's it's it's, it's a great place to live i mean uh you know I, I know brian you like many people across the country says it rains way too much in seattle that's only a myth we tell you that to keep you away uh, <laughs> but it, but it's but it's a great place. I mean, I've I've um, you know I've I've rooted myself here. I have a lot of relationships within the community, within the, um, the business community, and uh, and in the community of uh, of helping other people. Uh, it's, That's it's awesome. Been good for us, and uh, I really love it. So so my evenings consist of just separate, you know, stepping away from you know the chaos of the day and. You know, so around that that five o'clock time, that five thirty time, I, I I love to eat. With, I love to eat with my family. Um, you know, just because um, one of the things that throughout my new discoveries of understanding myself better was a practice of presence. And when I say 
presence. Like if I'm eating with dinner with my family, my phone isn't near me. <laughs> um, that's what I'm doing. We're eating dinner. You know, um, if I'm watching a movie with my wife, my phone is in the other room. We're watching the movie. You know, so so anyway, I like to I like to create separation from time and spending spending time with the family. Um, just 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 simple practice of presence. And you know, more than anything, you know how hard it is to just keep your phone away from you. And if and if you hear that thing buzzing, you get this little shock in <laughs> you get this shock oh, yeah. in your body. <laughs> You're like, yeah. <laughs> wait, who is that? I need I need to go see. My phone is ringing. Like, uh, and I had a, had a little. Yeah. The thing, my phone was in the other room, and my, my daughter went in. She went in to, I don't know, do something or was passing by. And she said, Dad, your phone ringing. But, okay, just leave it there. <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. But, 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 but really, I mean, but there's a, it requires, it requires discipline to, to, to do that. And it does. Look, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that that makes me a better person than anyone else, but it does say that I'm, I'm very different than how people look at and wanting to say what's most important to you. Well, what's most important? People say, "Oh, my family's most important," and then, and then, you know, my my job or career. Like, well, I mean, is it really important? Are you really, I mean, you really have family time carved out on the calendar? Do you, are you really, are you really there with your family, or you know, are you at the soccer game, you know, checking email at the same time? You know, and and, and again, these are just challenges that I think we all face, and it's you know, again, but um, but yeah, so so the wind down. Um, you know, we, we have dinner, um, shower time, bath time, bedtime, uh, and then there's a little time where I spend with my wife, whether we choose to watch a show or we choose to just have a candid conversation about the day. And then sometimes it may require me to go back and do a little work, but I shut it down. I, I, I do shut it down because once 10 o'clock, uh, I know we're far too late because the morning is coming uh, pretty fast. Um, and then, and then it's wind down time. So whether that wind down time is another way to relax my mind by a few more pages of reading, or um, or just um, or just separation from uh, technology in general, um, I tend to do that uh, before going yeah. to bed. I like it. Yeah, it's that that idea of just kind of keeping your head where your feet are at. That sometimes it can be so difficult. And I think that's the best uh, invention Apple ever came up with is that little do not disturb button that you can put on your iPhone. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, I like it. That was all well said. It's true. It's hard. It's almost like <laughs> it's intimidating. Like, do I click it? Because then I'm leaving the world. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, there's so much we could talk about. I mean, maybe just a couple questions um, to kind of reach the finish line here. You talk a lot about in Pivot to Win, just not taking no for an answer and just that perseverance that that's carried you obviously quite far in life. So I just want to ask you if maybe you could share a couple examples of when you've persevered, how it paid off. And on the flip side, when do you give up? Like, how do you make that choice to, to quit? Which I think it has such a negative stigma to it, but you got to think about it. We're always quitting something or else we would never take that leap to the next kind of journey. Yeah. Uh, so can you share a little bit of, of, I guess, what would be more pivots? <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if you want to achieve more things, you need to quit more things, right? Um, um, yeah. Look, uh, Brian, I love to play golf, but, you know, to go out and just play golf is, I mean, yeah, I, I get it. I mean, we all need a little sense of sanity, whatever that is. But, you know, to go out and play golf, I mean, that's really a six-hour day. If you talk about the commute there and back, four and a half hours for the round, six hours, uh, you know, I have, to, <laughs> I have to get real with myself. And I, when I tell you I love golf, I, I like, 
golf so much that I, I played golf in high school. People don't know that about me. Um, huh. I played golf in high school, still play it to this day. But 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 it's also too. I think I think there's a balance of kind of knowing what we need to drive, right? And sometimes rather than rather than going spend six hours on the golf course, it's spending 40 hours or 30 minutes, I'm sorry, 40 hours, 40 minutes or 30 minutes on the driving range instead, you know, or, or in between the day, I, I like to get up out of my chair and move around, you know, every hour, just so I'm not stuck or um, constantly staring at the screen or, um, you know, my, my, my body or my posture starts to, to waver or, or my level of, uh, of performance starts to drop, right? So I'll get up and move around. I'll do some stretches. I'll, I got a putter that I keep in my office with a little cup at the end. I'll just go do that for about, you know, five minutes and, and then move around a little bit. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, saying no, um, Brian, too, in, in a lot of ways, you know, certainly as kids, right? It's like, oh, well, mom says no, go ask dad, you know, or um, dad says no, go ask mom, or... In business, we, we look at it when, when, when we're told no, it's like, well, I, I, I may need to go around, the, you know, this, you know, mid-level manager and go a higher level up, right? So, um, you know, it's simply in, in that regard, like maybe you're talking or asking the wrong person, right? And so my stubbornness won't let me walk away without seeking a person who has the right yes. I mean, that, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the person who has the yes to what it is that I want to do. But I also think that in refusing to accept the word no is also um, refusing to, to tell yourself no. Like, don't tell yourself no, right? So earlier in the conversation, we talked about the imposter syndrome and, and moving pivots and uh, moving through change and losing a sense of identity or this, these, 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 uh, these battles and conflicting battles that we go through uh, within our mind of understanding certain things. And then we play these tricks on ourselves, start talking ourselves out of certain things. Well, you, essentially, you're telling yourself, no, you're not good enough to do that. You're not good enough to meet this person or you're not good enough to be in this position to achieve what it is that you want. And so, yeah, one thing from asking and, or, or seeking the right yes um, um, by being told no, but more than anything, Brian, I think what's bigger than that is refuse to tell yourself no. And sometimes it's, it's, it's a matter of, um, understanding uh, your, your own uh, subconscious or, or consciousness around uh, you know, moving yourself into this position, even though it feels uncomfortable. And that's where the success and the pivots start to happen is that they're going to be uncomfortable, right? Um, if you move into a new city, you're not familiar with the people, you're not familiar with the lay of the land, uh, you're still, nav <laughs> still using navigation to get around to get from, from one location to the other um, but you know in, in the big picture um, you know moving through that change and uh, refusing to tell yourself no is what helps us overcome that those to me Brian are called courageous acts like courageously I'll move through this even though it feels uncertain not because I don't think this is what I should be doing just because it's uncomfortable it's not normal and if you're not if you're not um, if you're not um, you know, uncomfortable, um, you're not growing. And so, um, you know, so yeah, I think that that, that was, that, that's kind of the, the, you know, the premise behind it. Um, you know, certainly um, being told no will happen to us all, mm -hmm. uh, but refuse to tell yourself no, and that's giving up on yourself. So 
how do we know when to say yeah, uh, or how do we know when it's time to move move on? Uh, I think that was the the other question that, that the second part of your question that you asked. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah okay. Okay. So in in moving um, and getting to the yes, that's <laughs> what so I say. Get get to the yes. <laughs> um, but again, um, it's this it's it's still. I think it goes back to, to having and creating this, this level of vision, right? So this, this, this process uh, that consists of time, success and failure, right? Successes and failure is all part of it, right? It's all part of the process, right? But it, mm-hmm. I've learned to use those failures as a stepping stones, um, you know, to reach new levels because the setbacks that happen, right? They're going to happen. Um, but each of those obstacles will help, you know, what's helping us build resilience to become this person that we desire. And I think everyone right now in this moment is probably juggling the fact of, is it time to pivot away from what they're doing? We're in a pandemic um, and people are stuck. They're feeling stuck. Um, and so they wanna, they wanna move out of feeling stuck into becoming more successful, uh, creating more vitality, living with more purpose, um, creating bigger impact. Um, again, I think that a lot of that too, Brian, is the, this level of visualization. And sometimes it's simply seeking counsel Maybe asking asking someone, um, you know, to to give you some some expert opinion. Again, this is this is your accountability circle um, of the people that you can trust uh, to help you visualize what this path looks like for making good decisions and minimizing mistakes. But yeah, um, in this global pandemic, I think we're all forced to um, to kind of dive deep into this level of understanding of clarity for the self first, and then yeah. moving. And then moving through that, moving the steps and outlining those steps and, and maybe uh, identifying the people to help me get there, but, um, yeah. but not yeah, looking so at those losses and failures as, as saying no as a loss or, um, got it. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. And that might be kind of a, a good transition here to come full circle. You, you have a chapter in your book, Pivot to Win. Uh, the title is From Millionaire to Solitaire. Can you talk a little bit of what's inside that chapter? Because how how prime is that for this time where so many people are feeling like they're they're confined, they're literally quarantined, they might have been working in a restaurant, they lost their job now. There's just so much going on. Does that chapter speak to today's pandemic at all, or is that just a coincidence? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> you know, solitaire, but 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 that but that was me, you know. Um, you know, who felt like I had it all, you know, um, I, I, you know, I, what I share in the book to win was, excuse me, one of the biggest things, I mean, that, that was a huge challenge for me pushing away from the NFL and finally being able to accept that, um, acceptance, uh, Brian's keyword, um, because even though we're moved on from a relationship physically, maybe we haven't accepted what the change, what that change is. And again, that's another way of continuing to remain stuck. And it's, it's a dangerous place. Um, we talked about the mental component of where people are through this pandemic. Some are thriving, but some are struggling because again, if you're, if you're an extrovert, uh, you, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of ready to go see people and, you know, you're kind of ready to, 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 to be around, um, you know, other, other people. Um, but, you know, for us introverts and, um, you know, we're thriving, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, but, but to go from, you know, for a millionaire solitaire, felt like I was being kicked out of the tribe. I was no longer yeah. there. 
I was no longer wanted. I, I was essentially I was, and, and here I was in this this, this psychological uh, downward spiral of I'm not good enough. Um, I'm looking at other other players and other people who are in the position that I once was, uh, with no level of understanding of how did that person get there and 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 I'm not there. So we can so we can start to to go through this negative cycle of um, of trapping ourselves to believe that we're not we're not good enough to um, you know at whatever level. I mean, again, people are pivoting all the time. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it's more than more than anything. You, people are con- consistently looking for new opportunities, and c- people are looking for opportunities to pivot away from their current situation and circumstance. So, having a better understanding of that, okay. getting clarity, getting clarity around um, you know those triggers of how I was uh, in that moment, um, and and then uh, what I can do uh, to help mitigate the downward spiral of those negative thoughts. I, I talk about that in the book. And when I say um, a true sense of vulnerability, um, I, I, I wouldn't call it a, a depression, uh, but it certainly felt like it. And, yeah. um, you know, many, many athletes struggle struggle when, when having to pivot away from football. And I can only speak from the, the NFL side uh, when transitioning sure. away from football. It's so violent, you know? And um, again, I, I think there's a, whole different conversation about uh, the brain and uh, you know what what studies are out there around uh, CTE and uh, yeah. you know being able being able to uh, you know really be in tune with understanding yourself um, when moving away and experiencing those change but again yeah it can it can have a negative effect and if we're not oh, careful yeah yeah if we're not careful and we're not aware of an understanding uh, what puts us in the, the, that downward spiral of, of negative thought, uh, it, it, it can be dangerous and, and sometimes requires clinical help. Got it. Yeah. So it's from that chapter's alluding to more of the mental standpoint. Um, I was curious because I have had other athletes on the show that speak to it in the financial sense that they went from the millions to, you know, following the path of Mike Tyson to literally losing all of it. So that wasn't your scenario. Yours was more of the, the mental aspect of finding yourself post football. Well, but, but there's both. I mean, there's that, that's a component. That's a component of it too. Um, you know, when, when you have nearly 80% of the of NFL players who, who pivot after, who pivot away from the game of football uh, within two years are experiencing financial hardships. Wow. You're like, wow. You're like, wow. Um, you know, how, how did someone who, who made all of these millions of dollars uh, get themselves into a financial jam like that? And I mean, it's, I mean, every, every situation is different, but I mean, I could, I could, Again, I go back and pinpoint to this young Jordan Babineau at 20 years old who really didn't have a complete understanding of money. Or you got many financial advisors and, or, or people who have these great quick get rich uh, quick schemes that you know people end up being Ponzi schemes and people end up losing a lot of money. You got all of these scams and these relationships that you have to navigate around. Uh, you know who's truthful about bringing back a, a 20% return on your dollar. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that, is, is that, is, does yeah, that, you hear some lofty like guarantees. <laughs> yeah. You, 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 now you, now you understand what I'm yeah. saying. Those, those sure. are the things, sure. those are the things that, um, that every day professional athletes have to manage. So on, 
I mean, and were you were you a saver? Like, were you inclined to to save and entertain entertain those investment ideas, or no? Were you just no. more like, hell, I'm gonna spend my money? <laughs> no, no, man. That's like, man, I'll spend it before I get it. You know, I'm like, <laughs> wow, is that the new Maserati? I'll take one in white. You know, um, yeah. you know, it, it, but but it was, I say that jokingly, but 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 yeah, there 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 was an. an a level of maturity that I had to grow into while understanding all of that, you know? Um, and, and, and when you're doing it solely, I'm not, when you're doing it solely um, or you kind of have a lack of understanding or, or you have no clarity of what success looks like, how do you know when you get it? Like if, yeah. like if I can't identify what success looks like in, in my, in my work, or if I can't identify what success looks like in my relationships, success looks like in my finances, how do I know when I got it? Like, how do I know if I'm successful or not? Right. So Correct. we look at, we, we look externally for all of these different measurements of success. Oh, well, I thought success was a nice car, a nice house and, you know, a, a, a table at the, you know, in Las Vegas or a trip to, you know, with the fellas, you know, to Mexico or whatever it was like, like we, we, we start to look in the wrong places to identify success when essentially we don't have our own core understanding of understanding what success looks like. So that's a, that's a, that's, true. that's a great, that's a great exercise that I think too, in, in trying to get clarity around where we are in this new year of 2021, though we just 31, 32 days into it, what yeah. does a successful 2021 looks like considering what the hell we just experienced in 2020? Exactly. And I think, and I think we have, to, I, I, I think we should, each take time to kind of understand what that is uh, in our own lives and in all of our definitely. areas. Yeah, definitely. And fortunately, I mean, you had a, a pretty lengthy career in the NFL at about 10 years. You know, they say it stands for not for long. A lot of guys don't have that, that chance where if they blew the money quickly, that might be it. You know, they don't have more, more years of that big salary to catch up on. So that's, uh, it seems like yeah. it all worked yeah. out, which is good. So if we could, maybe we can transition uh, to wrap up here to what we call the lightning round, which is we just fire a couple quick questions at you just to get to know you better. Um, so if you're okay with that, we just have a few questions here uh, that a lot of our listeners do appreciate. Okay, fire away. All righty, cool. So what was your favorite vacation? Oh, man, uh, Carnival in, uh, in Trinidad. In Trinidad. Oh wow! How'd you end up down there? Was that <laughs> that's, maybe that's a whole other story? <laughs> oh, Brian, I'm married now. <laughs> All right. We'll let that one be. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh man, uh, um, maybe yeah, I shouldn't it... have said vacation. Maybe I should have said destination. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. It, it, you know, it was kind of one of those, one of those. Um, to-do list team, you know, those, those little bucket list items, you know, um, you know, yep. that I wanted to do. And, uh, you know, my brothers and I, we went out and experienced it. So, and it's fun. Good for you. Cool. Cool. And, uh, in that same vein, what's your favorite food? Uh, I'm from the South. So I like, I, I would, instead of favorite food, can I give you a cuisine? Is that okay? Okay, that's fine. All right, Cajun, anything Cajun, right? So like, you know, the etouffees, the gumbos, the red beans and rice, um, gotcha. fried catfish, po' boys, you know, New Orleans, Texas style cooking. Not barbecue? I would say Texas. Texas. 
Yeah, okay, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I've been yeah. to Texas a few times and the barbecue. Absolutely. The, the mm-hmm. barbecue and the Mexican food is what I fell in love with. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, great career in the NFL. Who was the hardest player that you ever had to tackle? Oh, my goodness. You want one of them? I've list of them. <laughs> <laughs> if you could narrow it down. Man, um, hardest person to tackle, I would say uh, uh, Steven Jackson. I'll give it to Steven Jackson. Um, okay. It's probably a cl- a close between him and Frank Gore. Frank Gore, I, I made his highlight tape a couple of times. Um, <laughs> I mean, but both – well. Frank Gore is a future Hall of Fame. Steven Jackson, I mean, he went on to have a great career too. Steven Jackson yeah. played with the Rams. Frank Gore played with the 49ers before uh, yep. moving around. I, he's league. still playing, he's, isn't he? He's, that's he's what I'm saying. Just, yeah, he, think he just finished the 16th season or 17th season, man. The guy, guy's nonstop, man. But uh, yeah. yeah, I would say. And it was wild because my brother went to the University of Miami and he was there the same time Gore was there. And Gore seemed to be like injured quite a bit in college, as good as he was. So to see how long he's lasted now in the NFL, that's awesome. Yeah, remarkable. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And then, of course, this is a show that we do incorporate some money in finance. If you could pin down maybe one of the best investments you ever made, uh, anything come to mind? Uh, the best, invest- best investment I made was um, investing in my personal growth and development. Yeah, investing in myself. And um, it's the reason that I went back to school. It's the reason that I, I seek out... Um, you know, I still seek coaching and, um, and, uh, yep, yep, yep. So I'd say, I'd say the best investment was investing in me. Got it. And conversely, maybe the worst investment, something you wish you just never got involved with. You know I mean? There's a lot of business, you know, business decisions, failed businesses that, that I've had in the past learning in those early lessons. One, um, one was a food chain restaurant in Houston that lasted two, two, yeah, two and a half, three years, and uh, never, um, never really got going into into anything successful. The other, the other one I would say is uh, luxury cars. I mean, you buy a damn luxury car, you pull it out of the lot, and now it's, I mean, they are depreciating assets, but now you're upside down in it. So there were some lessons, yeah. financial lessons in that. Um, worst investments I would say was uh, luxury cars, and um, I would say that worst investment was a business, but because you learn so much from it, but. Yeah. Um, but it ended up failing. So got it. Okay. And we talked a little bit about your habits, your bookends in the day. Um, in that same school of thought, how, how much do you try and sleep at night? Oh man, my sleep patterns are, they vary. And to be honest with you, I don't, I don't have a uh, consistent sleep pattern. Uh, uh, but you know, if I get five hours, six hours, I'm good to go. Okay. Wow. Good. And growing up, uh, now looking back, you were an NFL star, but did you always want to be that? And in that idea, who was maybe a hero that you could point to when you were a kid? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, my, my, so this is quick hitting. I'm sorry. I won't get into this, this story too deep, but yes. So my brother and I had this, this, this early desire and passion to, you know, to want to grow into professional football players. But I would say well, I was very close to becoming a, um, uh, like I said, I, I made my initial major was computer science. I was, I was coding in high school. I was writing programs in high school. So in high school, in a 10th grade, I created a hangman program. I pivoted, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 really, I mean, this was, look, this was, uh, I graduated in high school in 2000. And uh, so, you know, the, the late 90s, I was into programming. This was like when Jeez. computer programming language was basic and C++. 
Now, if if anyone who's into coding now understands the old computer language, Basic and C plus um, plus was was one of two two of the first type of uh, coding um, back back in those back in when you know internet and and this you know boom of um, of programming was just starting to surface. So yeah. wow. Yeah, and, and then I would say, I would say, I would say, uh, Jerry Rice was um, okay. Probably Jerry my Rice. my favorite athlete growing up. And uh, here I bring it back full circle. Uh, I was Jerry Rice's teammate, <laughs> uh, and people don't know he had a he had a little stop here in Seattle. Um, I don't know, it must have been year twenty seven or however many years he played. However <laughs> many years he played in the NFL, but I forgot uh, that Jerry, he was, Yeah, did, did yeah. Seattle cut him, or didn't he go to the Broncos? Maybe at the very end. He, yeah, he played. He played with the Broncos as well. Um, yeah, but, but but Jerry, uh, yeah, I got I got a chance to to be on the same roster with the greatest of all time. Wow, and, that is uh, so cool. Yeah, it it really was. It really was. That's awesome. And maybe the last one we have time for here. Uh, what's your favorite movie of all time? Oh wow, these are tough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite movie of all time. Oh man, there's so many. Gosh, Brian, you would do maybe that top to me. three or that is the hot one seat that comes to mind. So, <laughs> yeah, so, so, so I'll I'll share this one because in college, when I was you know still envisioning what the NFL was and what the NFL looked like, I used to watch any given Sunday, <laughs> every okay, every Friday, uh, and and you know I mean, it was probably more entertainment than it was a, a actual insight to what you know, the actual NFL was, but I used to watch any given Sunday, every Friday before my college games on Saturday. I, I guess I was just into awesome. it. I don't, know. I don't know. Yeah. That speech by Al Pacino in the locker room. That's, that is one of the greatest in movie history in my mind. The inches that we need are all around us. Yep. Yeah. It gives yeah. you chills. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. a good one. That was awesome. And, and Jordan, anything else that you want to share with our uh, our fans and our listeners here of what's next on your agenda? You're, you're doing so many awesome things. Uh, if you could just point to what's coming up for the future. Yeah, absolutely, Brad. Thank, thanks for, uh, one, thanks for having me. Um, yeah. It was a fun, fun conversation. I hope I hope, uh, <laughs> hope your listeners uh, had a chance to, you know, get some, some valuable insights and some great takeaways from, from the time that we spent together. Um, but I'd just like to share with everyone that, um, all of, uh, you, can, you can look me up on all of the social media platforms as at Jordan Babineau, um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and um, and, uh, and be looking out for the book, Pivot to Win. Uh, it's releasing, it's uh, the ebook is a uh, pre-sale right now on, on Amazon. Uh, you can go to the website, pivottowin.com. You can join the Pivot community. Um, I'd love to uh, continue the conversation and, and find out more about uh, uh, you guys and, and, and how you're pivoting uh, and, and, uh, and ways that I could continue to help and, and provide impact and value to each of you. So um, greatly appreciate it. Cool. Uh, yeah, thank you for coming on. And, and I know you dodged it a little at the beginning, but who you got this Sunday? Who's, who's <laughs> taking home the Lombardi? <laughs> I think they're going back to back. I'm picking Kansas City yeah. uh, to win the Super Bowl. Um, and, uh, but I, I do think it was... Um, a great season, what the Bucks were able to do. I mean, the first team in NFL history to play the Super Bowl in their home stadium. Uh, and of course, led by the uh, the greatest quarterback of all time in Tom Brady. Yeah, it should be a good one. Well, Jordan, thank you again for coming on the show. I think this was a fantastic conversation uh, with plenty of takeaways for all of our listeners out there.
Uh, so once again, thank you very much for making the time. Okay, you got it, Brian, anytime. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us today with Jordan Babinaw. Uh, please let us know what you thought of it. Shoot us an email anytime at thecadernapodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a review wherever you're listening or watching on YouTube, and we can't wait to see you next week. Take care. This podcast is for informational purposes only. This material contains the current opinions of the presenter, but not necessarily those of Guardian or its subsidiaries, and such opinions are subject to change without notice. Brian Coderna is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PASS, OSJ 300 Broadacres Drive, Suite 175, Bloomfield, New Jersey, 07003, 973-244-4420. Securities products and advisory services offered through PASS, member FINRA SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PASS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Coderna Financial Team is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PASS or Guardian. California Insurance License Number OK04194. Approval Number 2021-122965. Expiration Date 6-2023.